Hello and welcome to First and 40, the most informative 40 minutes of football news out there. I'm Liameth. And I'm Ail. Thank you guys for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode. So first we're going to look back at the 2021 NFL Draft, which was, uh, I'd say it was two months ago from now. And, you know, as we all know, there are five quarterbacks taken in the first round, all within the first 15 picks, which were Trevor Lawrence, just Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Yeah, so, I mean, we did a little bit of math here for you guys, and in the past 10 years, in the first round, there's been about 33 quarterbacks drafted, and about seven of them have been to that ability of being a franchise quarterback, and majority of them are kind of borderline starting quarterbacks, so 14 out of 33 of them are like Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater type, whereas seven out of those 33 have come to be some franchise-level quarterbacks, such as Matt Ryan and whatnot. So that just goes to show that anything could happen right now, and probably around two or three of these quarterbacks uh, will continue to be prominent quarterbacks in the league and become franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, and I know everybody's expecting, especially like Justin Field-type train, everybody in Chicago is super excited about him, and even in San Francisco with Trey Lance. But uh, everybody's probably going to realize eventually that most of these, uh, at least three of them, three of these guys were going to be busts. So if you look back at, as what he said before, seven of the last 33 taking the last 10 years have been like uh, franchise quarterbacks. And I'll just name out those seven that I have right now, which were Justin Herbert. I know we haven't seen much from him, but after that rookie year, he won rookie of the year. I think he's going to be at least average for the rest of his career at, at worst and then i had kyler murray josh allen patrick mahomes deshaun watson even though his deshaun watson situation is not looking so good but he's been fantastic for them um who's and that's that's a bigger thing is that when the buffalo bills took josh allen in seventh overall a lot of the buffalo fans were very upset about it they thought that he wouldn't be a good pick everyone thought that he would be a bust from the buffalo side but as his years have progressed, like we know that he's a really, really solid quarterback, and now it just goes to show that you don't know what can happen. Like anything could happen because college and the NFL are two entirely different things. Yeah, and even with the other seven people, I said fourteen out of thirty-three were good, average uh, starters for a few years. I put down Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow. I know we still have a few more years for Joe Burrow, but compared to Justin Herbert, he hasn't really, even with with his injury, they're both going at a pretty good level. Just Joe Burrow has a lot of injury concerns. That's mainly why I put him in the average portion. Uh, Jameis Winston, uh, Blake Bortles, Teddy Bridgewater. Those are just a few of the names. Those were never really bad guys. It's just that compared to what these expectations are for the Zach Wilson, the Mac Jones, um, there are a few them are going to be ending ending up like these James Winston type players. Yeah, so I mean, it is what it is. We we can not know what can happen for these quarterbacks, but let's switch over to some of the receivers uh, going on here. The Giants who drafted Kadarius Tony. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I saw on Instagram or somewhere some Giants fans were quite upset because he made. Uh, a drop in one of these uh, mini camps or something like oh, that. It was the senior ball, senior ball. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, he, he had a terrible <laughs> drop, and everyone thought that he, he might be a bust. But 
I don't know. He seems pretty solid. Uh, I mean, he was out of Florida, I'm pretty sure. Same place from Kyle Pitts. Uh, I don't know. Seems like a pretty good receiver to me. Uh, I, I do think he's good, but uh, he's definitely not my favorite receiver coming out of this draft. He's a little bit undersized. He's only six foot, 193 pounds. And even uh, he was a senior last year, obviously. He was on the senior ball at Florida. And he didn't, other than his senior year, the first two years, he didn't really do much in his first year. And even even last year, he, he other than, he wasn't really known for his receiving passage, receiving passes. He was more of like a, a returning kicks, lining up in the backfield, running back type player. So even though he might be a pretty versatile athlete, I don't really think that the landing spot was great either with the Giants. It's in that stacked wide receiver room with Kenny Galladay, uh, Darius Slayton, and uh, I forgot who else. New York, but you know what I mean. There's just I don't think the situation is that great. And even based off of his production in college, I don't think he's going to be end up being one of the top receivers from this class. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I like I don't think he's gonna be ever be to the level of like. Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins or some of these top guys. But, but I feel like he's probably going to be like uh, low key. I think he's going to be like the Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons. I think he's going to play that role for New York. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. But moving on to Jalen Waddle, who's going to team up with Tua in Miami. So how do you think that's going to play out? Um, I think he's going to be like he's a bust candidate in my opinion. Like I'm not saying he will be a bust, but out of it. Out of all the receivers in the draft, I think he probably, out of the top three, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle, I think Jalen Waddle has the, uh, probably the most bust, probably the most bust likely out of all of them, just mainly because of his injury concerns. And he is, again, pretty small, only 5'11", 180 pounds. And as we saw from Devontae Smith last year, he won the Heisman uh, because Jalen Waddle wasn't there. But if you look at the past year before that he was at Alabama, where Devontae Smith didn't really have a big role in that offense, I'm kind of confused on why he didn't have the same production that Devontae Smith had in that same offense. So that's why I had Devontae Smith as a higher rank than Jalen Waddle. But yeah, once again, the injury concerns. And I'm not saying that he won't be better than Devontae Smith, but I just think he probably has the... He could, probably, he could easily do good with the right quarterback and... And with a top 10 pick, and since he went to a pretty decent landing spot in Miami, even though I'm not a big fan of Tua after that performance last year. Um, but, yeah, he he could go either way for me. Yeah, uh, I don't uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe just because it's Tua and they both played at Alabama, I don't know, that might play a pretty big factor into it, considering the connection they have there uh, with prior teammates as well. But Devonta Smith, let's talk about him. He's going to Philly, one of the most undersized players that we've seen going into the NFL. Everyone's concerned that he won't be able to take defensive back hits um, from the league because he only played in college, and everyone's saying it's just college. These are undersized guys. In the big, in the, with the big dogs, he's not going to be able to compete. So I, I don't know. I feel like Devonta Smith might be a bust. I don't think he... like. As you said, Jalen Waddle is your best candidate. I feel like Devonta Smith is my best candidate because I don't think 
he has the ability to be that well. And he played really well last year. And I forgot what game it was. He went off. He had like three touchdowns, 180 yards. But Jalen Waddle was injured. So I I kind of confused on this. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a bust, though. I disagree. I think he's going to do fantastic in Philadelphia. Because how often do we see when a... Uh, when a wide receiver is drafted, especially that high in the first round, he's basically stepping into that wide receiver one role for Philadelphia automatically. Now that Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are gone, and Zach Ertz is probably going to get traded soon, um, Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward are the only other wide receivers that they have, and who really expects them to do much? And even though Jalen Rager's drafted first round two, a year ago too, but based off his performance last year, he's probably going to be a wide receiver too. And even with the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, is going to run the ball a lot. He attempted 37 passes in his first three games as a starter, like average 37 passes a game. So I expect him to have a lot of production in his first year. And yeah, I see the injury concerns and everything, but um, compared to De- Jalen Waddle with all of his injuries, I, I, gen- I generally think Devontae Smith is going to be much better. We'll see, we'll see. I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to step into that starting role after Wentz got traded to uh, uh, Indianapolis, but uh, we'll see. Moving, speaking of trades, let's talk about the Julio Jones trade where he's been traded to the Tennessee Titans for a second oh boy. round and a sixth round pick. Thoughts on that? Um, Not really sure what to think of it, but I think... The- Falcons did the best that they could based off of the situation and obviously with Julio's injury concerns even though I don't really understand where everybody gets his injury concerns from he, he, he only missed other than the last year where he missed I don't know how many did he miss like eight games how many games did he miss yeah, I think he missed majority of them yeah I know he was basically out the entire second yeah. half of the season but like other than that the past he was out the past, the last five games, uh, week yeah. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And yeah, then, and like, yeah. other than that, last year, he's but, played majority of the games every single year, and he's produced insane amounts. Like, even in the games that he did play last year, he almost scored, what, 90 yards a game? And mm-hmm. coming from, what, a 32-year-old receiver, he's producing more than some, like, 20-year-old receivers. He's going to be producing more than them for a while, and he's a superstar receiver. I don't really understand why everybody was playing him low so much, but... um, I think think a main concern for those injuries is because he's been getting injured. It's in his history. I I agree he did not miss, like, a majority of the games, but the thing is, it's not how many games, it's consistently. Nearly every season, he's, like, had at least uh, three, three, four-week span that he's not been able to play. And, that is true. And he's getting old, so you don't know if that pr- uh, productivity is going to stay the same. I mean, it's been slowly declining. As we we saw last year, Calvin Ridley started picking up the pace, and Julio Jones they started being pretty much equal, if I do say myself, uh, last year. But that could also be because Julio Jones was injured. But still, I mean, I uh, yeah, I definitely see what you mean about the Calvin Ridley thing, and everybody, all those people that kept saying that Calvin Ridley was only doing good because Julio was taking all the attention to him. Yeah. He proved all of them wrong in those last five weeks of the season. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure 
what was that thing on Bleacher? Let me pull that up one second. Uh, on the the BR Grid Iron Instagram page. One second, let me pull it up. Yeah, speaking of these uh, wide receivers in Atlanta, um, I feel like Atlanta might have a real, real good chance next season, considering the signing of Cordell Patterson, uh, Mike Davis, the draft of Frank Darby, who's been who's going to be able to develop underneath Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley, who've had prior experience to uh, Julio Jones, and Julio Jones passes that uh, passes those mentorship skills downwards the chain. So Calvin Ridley can mentor Kyle Pitts as well as another threat. Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage. Russell Gage is going to step up this season again. So I just feel like we have a lot, a lot of weapons. And then we also have Cordero Patterson, who's a really, really good kick returner. Probably one of the most consistent uh, kick returners in the league right now. So. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, now I'm pulling up. Oh, man, I messed up. Uh, I can't really find his stats, but I know he <laughs> those last few weeks this season he got at least like 100 yards in a game especially that one against uh, the Buccaneers at home he got 163 yards and like a touchdown and yeah he literally proving everybody wrong by producing insane amounts even without Julio last year he he had 90 receptions for 30 1374 yards 1374 yards and nine touchdowns so I mean, that's, those are pretty good stats for a supposed uh, wide receiver, too. And Julio Jones had 770 yards last season. So Calvin Ridley nearly had double the amount of yards as Julio Jones did last year, which goes to show the immense amount of growth. And prior to last season in 2019, he had only 800 uh, yards. And even prior to that, he also had 800 yards in his rookie year. So... I feel like Calvin Ridley is going to explode this season considering the deep threat that he is and the fact that we have Frank Darby coming in. I don't know if he's going to play that much, but he's also a really, really uh, big deep threat coming out of Arizona State. So seems yeah, definitely pretty good for the Atlanta's wide receiver core right now. Um, um, yeah, and even Russell Gage too, Alameda Sakias, Christian Blake, all these. The, yeah, these, these guys are good. I don't know if any of your audience are as prominent Falcons fans as we are, but if you look into the depth of how many uh, Falcons receivers are able to have the amount of speed to go up and get get these uh, catches deep down the field, like Alameda Zacchaeus, he had like a 50-yard touchdown last year, and that's been pretty consistent with him. He, he's a really, really good wide receiver that we're also going to have uh, to develop underneath us because I think he's in his third or second year uh, in the league. But, yeah, and even with the departure of Julio Jones, even, I, I know everybody's going to be like, oh, all these receivers that they have are pretty undersized, short, and that's basically why we drafted Kyle Pitts, 6'6", 80-inch wingspan humongous. He's going to fit into that role very well as that basically second receiver on the Falcons, and second or third receiver. Man, we, we not only have Kyle Pitts, but we have Hayden Hurst, who needs a breakout year this year because I'm pretty sure he's in his last year of his contract right now. And he had five touchdowns last year, which doesn't seem like a lot, but with that dual uh, tight end threat, that could be a very, very dangerous thing, especially with the new offensive coaching of Arthur Smith and the whole rebuild of the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff. Feel like yeah, and even though could be quite dangerous, especially with Mike Davis in the backfield. Yeah, he tore us apart last year on the Panthers. Yeah. He was. <laughs> he was. He was Probably, I think last year is what gave him another chance in the league 
to be honest, because if Christian McCaffrey didn't get injured, I don't think he would have had the same amount of productivity as he did have last year. Definitely. Even in fantasy, he was league-winning talent there in fantasy. And well, what was the thing that I was going to say? Um, uh, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. But <laughs> you know, another, uh, whatever. Another team which uh, changed up a lot is the New York Jets, who drafted Zach Wilson. I don't know if they had Corey Davis last year. I'm pretty sure they didn't. But they have Corey no. He was on the was. Corey Davis was on the Titans last year. Yeah, yeah. So he he's on the Jets now, and they also have Robert Sala. So I don't know what might happen in New York. I I have a feeling that they might be the underdogs of this season, and they might shock everyone, considering the fact that that new coaching has come in. As Adam Gase was literally the meme of the NFL last year. Let's be realistic, and now we actually have yeah, a, definitely have like a. Good coordinator Robert Sala, who came from the 49ers defense and is going to step into that position in in New York and uh, hopefully with Zach Wilson as quarterback, Corey Davis should be able to see some good productivity out of this Jets team next year. Yeah, and they had one of the best drafts, to be honest. What I see and what I have seen in the draft last year with Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter, four great players in the first few rounds and. I think one of their best picks was Elijah Vera Tucker at guard. I don't know how he fell all the way down to them. He was supposed to be like a mid to early first rounder. They got to steal with him in the late, uh, in the mid, uh, mid first round. So, getting some good guard protection for Zach Wilson was a huge pick for them. Uh, and also in free agency, lots of new guys: Corey Davis, like you said, Keelan Cole from the Jaguars, Tevin Coleman from uh, San Francisco, and even Shot and Rankins. Tevin Coleman's in the Jets now? Yeah, he's on the Jets. Oh, my. And he, yeah, and so. he played with, uh, he was on Fort Niners with Robert Sala. Yeah. Exactly. They, they could be so, a yeah, lot threat. Of so I don't expect them to be a playoff team or super amazing, but they're definitely going to be in there. As, yes, easily. Like they're going to be like uh, the Miami of last year. Miami went 10-6 and six last year. I feel like the Jets might pull something off similar to that, be 9-8 and eight or so. Uh, could be, could be. Moving on to another team, which starts with a J, the Jaguars, with Trevor Lawrence and that drafting of Travis Etienne, or however you say it. Etienne. Etienne. When they already have James Robinson in the backfield. So I don't know if that was a good decision for them. Could be, could not be. We'll see how it turns out this uh, year. You have any thoughts on that, Mayhol? Um, uh, I don't know if this is true, but... The only reason they, I'm pretty sure the Jaguars wanted uh, Kadarius Tony uh, at, at that second first round pick that they had. The, I don't know if that was 25th overall pick, something around there. But they wanted Kadarius Tony, but the Giants actually took it before them. So that's why they took Travis Etienne, and they're going to play him like a wide receiver, running back, hybrid type player. So I think that's pretty interesting. So it doesn't really, it kind of helps people understand why they took. Uh, Travis Etienne, even though they already had James Robinson, so I, I don't know. That was just that's what I thought was pretty interesting. So I don't really expect this is kind of like a similar to the J- Jaguar Jet situation. I don't really expect them to be amazing, but I think this can, team could be really good in two to two to three years. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I don't know if they'll have that same productivity. I don't know if you said this already, but considering the fact that. Their quarterback, is, who's probably going to be starting this year, is a rookie. I mean, 
he definitely doesn't have as much experience in the league as some of these other quarterbacks. So I think in a couple of years, he should be able to develop those skills that will help him be successful in the league. Yeah, but he already has some really big game exposure with what uh, playoff. He's been at the playoff every single time, every single game. The college football player every single year of his college career. So he already has a huge big game exposure. Obviously, it's nothing compared to the NFL. Well, it's not nothing. It's actually pretty similar to the NFL, to be honest. So, And he already has shown that he can make NFL-type throws and NFL-type plays. So I think he's going to be perfectly fine and really easily shift to the NFL for him. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, uh, this upcoming year, he's going to have his first loss ever since high school. Because um, unless the Jags somehow go 17-0, I'm not saying that's impossible, but it's quite unlikely. But he hasn't but didn't lost he, a single game. Didn't they lose the, they lost the playoff game to Ohio State? I, know, I don't so. think they lost a regular season game. Oh, regular. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that's definitely true. I don't they think they've lost a the entire time he was at Clemson. So that should be interesting to see how that pans out. Speaking Crazy. of other rookie quarterbacks, let's move on to Mac Jones and Cam Newton. That quarterback situation with the Patriots. Bill Belichick coming off a bad season uh, with the Patriots. Cam Newton not playing all too well for that uh, deal that they signed him for. So, uh, thoughts? Um, I think the Patriots are going to be really good next year, in my opinion. Uh, so as as you look at their uh, off season moves from this year, they have in the in free agency they brought in Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and I don't know. I, I know people are gonna be laughing when I say Nelson Aguilar. He did really good last year. Silently had a really good year. If Isn't I pull up his stats in a second, he was with the Raiders, right? Yeah, he was with the. Yeah, he uh, had a really good year. I mean, I don't think anyone really paid attention to him that much, but. He actually had a pretty solid year. Yeah, 48 receptions, 896 yards, and 18 yards per catch. And people are going to be like, those aren't crazy numbers. But comparing to the year that he had before, 363 yards, 39 catches with the Eagles in 2019, that's really good jump up. And it was even better than his 2018 year, which is the year everybody which was the year that they went to the playoffs and the year before where they won the Super Bowl. It was even better than those two years that he had with the Eagles. So uh, I think everybody overreacted from that one down year. Even I memed him too. I think we all did. Yeah, so he definitely had a huge step up from his pretty horrible year with the Eagles in 2019. And Kendrick Bourne from the 49ers, he was that wide receiver three roles. So they have a lot of good offensive talent signings here in the free agency. And if we look into the draft, Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ronnie Perkins. Uh, I think Christian Barmore was a good pick there in the second round, even though they traded up to get him. Yeah. Uh, there were probably a few better guys they could have gotten, but it's still a great solid talent that, that they got in the second round. And yeah, who do you th- I just want I just want to see what do you think? Who do you think is going to start for the Patriots Week One? Uh, uh, Mac Jones or Cam Newton? I'm going to say. I think Cam Newton is probably going to start out, but considering the fact Mac Jones has been doing better than him, but I think the sole fact that he's a rookie, I don't think he's going to start. Maybe if he does bad in his first game, maybe mid-game they may swap them, but I think it's a pretty even battle there. And I know you previously said that they signed John Smith, but don't forget, they also signed Hunter Henry from the Chargers. So they have a pretty, pretty stacked offense here. 
And I, I remember as soon as the free agency started, I think the Patriots were the first team to sign every oh, single man. player. They went off. That they could see in their side. Belichick completely planned this whole thing out. He's like, I'm signing every single player I see that I like. And everyone was uh, freaking out about how the Patriots might actually be back next season considering and their signings that they uh, had in free agency. Even on defense, they got Matthew Judon from the Ravens, yeah. uh, Jalen Mills from the Eagles, Raekwon McMillan from the Dolphins. All did really good. Raekwon McMillan, 105 tackles in 2018. Jalen Smith was with the Eagles. He was really good in coverage. And then Matthew Judon, he's a great pass rusher for the Ravens. All really good impact signings on defense for them as well. Yeah, speaking of uh, defensive players, the Falcons, who previously signed Leroy uh, Reynolds from the 49ers, now he has been signed to the Patriots as well. So, I mean, he didn't have much production um, in Atlanta, but hopefully he'll do something for the Patriots at least. True, and I just wanted to mention something. I would not be surprised if all five first-round quarterbacks would be starting week one. Yeah. I would not be surprised if that happens. And I know everybody's going to be like, why would Mac Jones start over Cam Newton? And why would, I know everybody's already, even Matt Nagy already said, Andy Dalton's going to start no matter what. We still have a long way to go till week one in September starts. So anything can happen from that time. The training camp is just about to start. I think... Based off of the reports from uh, uh, OTAs with Justin Fields, he's looking really good. So I think I would not be surprised if all five quarterbacks from the first round are starting week one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, these quarterbacks, um, there's a little bit of uncertainty with one quarterback named Trey Lance. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was um, I, there was some uncertainty with between signing him or Mac Jones. Uh, and that was... <laughs> I think that was all smokescreen. There's, there's no way that they would have taken Mac Jones. Like, no disrespect to him, but like, when you had him, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance on the table, it's kind of obvious that you're going to take either Trey Lance or Justin Fields just because of the way that their offense is when their athletic ability. And I know people are trying to justify it, like, oh no, Mac Jones is more of like a Matt Ryan and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo type player. It'll fit their system more. When you trade up, when you trade two first-round picks away to the number three spot, you're not going to trade up for Mac Jones. Yeah. That's the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever heard. You're trading up for like a franchise-changing player, which is what Justin yeah. Fields and Trey Lance have the, uh, have the ability to be. Yeah, speaking of these quarterbacks, I was surprised that Justin Fields fell down that much, as, as much as he did, considering the, where he thought that... We thought that the Falcons might sign him. I mean, um, I don't really, but it was, it would be now it makes sense why they didn't, because they already knew that Julio Jones wanted to be traded, so the that Kyle Pistick made sense. that they didn't pick him is the Aaron Rodgers situation is still going on as we're recording this, and um, the main team that he was suspected to go to was the Broncos. Broncos, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that was why the Broncos didn't sign Justin Fields, because maybe they were trying to plan a move on Aaron Rodgers, but I still don't understand why they passed up on him and picked a cornerback um but patrick yeah i was surprised too and i thought justin fields was going there number nine to the broncos and and the chicago bears got really lucky when he fell all the way down there and yeah and uh, yeah what were you saying you said that all five quarterbacks would start but i think uh the head coach for the bears or someone from the bears some uh staff member 
said that no matter what, Andy Dalton would start. Yeah, I know. I already mentioned that. That's what I was saying. Like, okay. we still have a long way to go to week one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think, I still think Justin Fields is going to start week one. I think all of them are going to start week one, to be honest. Even Mac Jones, I think. Even Trey Lance, too. I think um, by the time week one starts, Jeremy Garoppolo is going to be either cut or traded. I, uh, I genuinely think so. I think it's kind of fun to see because I think a lot of these old quarterbacks, I mean, we're entering a whole new stage of quarterbacks. I mean, Matt Ryan's getting old. Aaron Rodgers is on the verge of retiring in a couple of years. Tom Brady, that guy's immortal. Not worry about him. <laughs> but uh, Drew Brees just retired. Big Ben's about to retire. All these like franchise quarterbacks who've been playing for like 10, uh, 10 to 15 years are now going out. And now Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, all these new quarterbacks are arising. Sam Darnold. All these guys, I uh, feel like we have a new face. New faces: Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. All these guys are these new young talent. I feel like we're about to have a fresh batch of quarterbacks in about like two, in about five years, where all all of these old franchise quarterbacks have retired. It's just yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's it's gonna be really fun if some of these quarterbacks that have gotten picked in the first round this year make it to the playoffs. I mean. It's like maybe an upset. I don't know. It would be fun to see. Out of these, out of these five, who do you think has the best chance? Uh, I think two of them are pretty obvious. It's got to be either Mac Jones, Jones or Trey Lance. Yeah. It's got to be one of those two. Yeah. Especially I don't know if, if any of them. I think the Bears are probably going to go 9-7 and seven with Justin Fields. Yeah, so like it's it's got to be either Mac Jones or Trey Lance. I Trey Lance obviously has the best chance with the 49ers. Their like the team is stacked. Oh, man. Because of Mac Jones, I don't know why. I just have a feeling. Like, I, uh, they got so many new free agency signings and stuff, so I feel yeah, like I, I definitely think definitely gonna make they have a chance. They're going to be in contention, I agree, too. But yeah. uh, that division. Speaking of that. What, was it, what were you saying? Do you want to go to Super Bowl predictions? <laughs> Super Bowl predictions. In the Super Bowl. I know I've already mentioned this to you a couple yeah, times, yeah. but... Out of the AFC, I have the Browns, 100%. There's no other team in the... Like, the top three teams in the AFC are the Browns, Bills, and Chiefs. Easily. What about the Titans? But... Are you, uh, I, have you seen the Titans, how many people they lost in free agency? Yeah, true, but... They lost so many people. Uh, even with the Julio Jones. The thing that's scary, though, is that they have... Oh, but they also lost their offensive coordinator. True, yeah. They lost, exactly. And if you look at uh, Derrick Henry's stats and Matt Ryan Tannehill's stats before Arthur Smith was there, they were not that good. So Arthur Smith was basically the catalyst for them being a good... That might, that might not be true. It might be like just... Um, he might have still been developing both of those guys. And okay. the definitely Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's... The correlation, you can't not see the correlation with Ryan Tannehill and Arthur Smith. Especially if you look in, at him in Tennessee, he was, oh sorry, in uh, Miami. He was not as good as he was. Yeah. But Derrick Henry, you could have seen like he, he still had to develop, but you usually don't see developing time for running backs. They're either like really good in their first two years, and then they slowly decline off after year like five and six and onwards. They're like the most replaceable position in the NFL. Yeah, so if you if I'm I just pulled up all of their the Titans losses: Kenny Vaccaro, Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Adam Humphreys, Dennis oh, Kelly, Corey Davis, oh, Johnny Smith, Davian Clowney, Daquan James, Desmond. King. Never mind, man. 
they they got one good player in Julio Jones, but uh, everyone. Their defense is really bad. They lost. I think you just listed off their entire starting defense from last year. Like, Basically, <laughs> uh, but they did get some good um, acquisitions too. Janoris Jenkins, Kevin Johnson. I don't even know who these some of these guys are. Uh, uh, Josh Reynolds from the uh, Rams. Bud Debris from the uh, Steelers. They got some good guys, but yeah. all these losses, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay, so you have the Browns in the AFC, and who do you have in the NFC? The NFC, I know nobody's really going to believe me, but I have the Vikings. Uh, and to me, my, the, out of all the teams, these are the... I'm, I'm going to be... I'm not going to be surprised if the Vikings don't make it to the Super Bowl. But my top four teams in the NFC are going to be the Rams, Vikings, uh, Buccaneers, and what was the other one? The 49ers. Those four teams. Rams, Vikings, 49ers, and Buccaneers. Those are the four teams that I think have uh, the best shot to make it to the Super Bowl. And everybody's going to be like, why the Vikings? Why the Vikings? And based off of last year, I know you're going to be like, what was the record last year? Vikings record last year. What were they uh, last year? They were... Uh, 2020. Um, they were seven and nine. <laughs> but if you look at all of their injuries on defense, they have. Okay, but what's his name? I don't know if Kirk Cousins could be that playoff quarterback that they need. That's my main concern right now. I mean, I understand their injuries and whatnot, but I get they have a good running back. They have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, but I don't know if Kirk Cousins can play that role of being a playoff caliber quarterback and being able to lead them. Okay, uh, before, before 2016, did you think Matt Ryan would have won MVP and led them to the Super Bowl? Okay, Matt Ryan's a different breed, alright? I don't know, like, okay. to be, let's be honest. Before before 2016, was Matt Ryan considered an elite quarterback? No, no right? he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. This is a very similar situation that I see here with Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Uh, nobody really respects Kirk Cousins. Nobody really, everybody thinks he's an average quarterback, right? Everyone thinks he's... Okay, I wouldn't say that bad, but I think it would be below average. Yeah, average to below average. Like, yeah. everybody agrees that he's somewhere in that tier. Yeah. But I think he's probably one of the Dark Horse MVP candidates. Even last year, I was saying that Josh Allen was a Dark Horse MVP candidate. And he ended up being that. Nobody believed me. I was saying that all of all season last year, Josh, Josh Allen was a Dark Horse MVP candidate. So I think uh, Kirk Cousins has a really good opportunity to be an MVP candidate next year. Okay. Uh, and I, I don't really have... It's just like a feeling that I have. <laughs> it might not work out. I guess we'll just wait and see. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking probably the Chiefs are going to go to the divisional round and lose there. I think from the AFC... I don't know. It's it's. Wait, who, who do you have them losing to in the divisional round? Chiefs? Or like, who do you think... Like, who, who do you think can beat them. Who, who are the teams in the uh, AFC who have the chance of the beating the Chiefs? Beefed up their offensive line again, so I, that's the only reason they lost the Super Bowl. Let's be real, right? Yeah, they won that's, the Super that's true. Bowl, like two times in a row again, right? Or yeah, they would have had a really good chance of winning exactly. last year. So yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs will still be a dominant team. I don't know, but I think they're gonna choke next season to probably the Browns. I have a feeling the Browns are gonna go far. The same as you. Um, but let's be honest, the Buccaneers are really like the best team in the league. Yeah, oh man, the they did not lose anyone. I don't know if the Bucks will make it again. 
I think, but they they have probably the best chance out of any team in the past they're decade to go. Twenty, you know, to go. They yeah, they might lose that in whatever playoffs, but I think they have the best chance to go undefeated out of any team in the last twenty years. To so, like go twenty and zero all the way, so because that that even that defense is looking scary. That offense is looking scarier with Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, uh, Mike Evans, jo- um, Terry Godwin. That's not his name. What's his name? Uh, it's Terry Godwin, right? Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Terry Godwin. Someone else. He was that old other guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, their offense. Their defense, uh, Levante David, Mike, not Mike Davis. You just said their offense, and then you cut off. If you want to repeat what you said. Okay, so I, I was just saying that their offensive line is even better than it was before. Our defense has Levante David, um, Devin White, um, Antoine Winfield, and who's their cornerback? Uh, uh, cornerback. Uh, he's pretty underrated. Buccaneers cornerback. That's what I'm trying to see. What's and his they name? They have, uh, what's his name? He, uh, it's not, uh, Shaquille Barrett. They have Shaquille Barrett. Oh, yes. Yeah. You forget him. Oh, oh, man. There's so many. They have two good linebackers. Devin White. Devin White? Yeah. Devin White, Devin White and Levante David. Yeah, and Shaquille Barrett. They've, yeah, their linebackers are crazy. Yeah, their linebackers, uh, their linebacker position is probably one of the most stacked linebacker positions in the league. Realistically. Easily. Yeah. I mean, I think a dark horse team for the AFC could be the Colts. Oh, I had them too. Yeah. De- I feel like the Colts, definitely. Colts will probably go to the AFC Championship. I think it's either I think it's going to be Colts Browns uh, AFC Championship. I think uh, Colts are going to barely beat them. This is a really really like wild guess though. Like Anything could I think I think it's a great guess to be honest, and to all those people that are putting the Titans above the Colts are idiots. I'm gonna be completely honest. Yeah, the, the Titans, Titans so the Colts people. are way better than the Titans, mm-hmm. way better. And even with the Julio Jones trade, it doesn't really change much for me. The Colts are easily the best team in yeah. the AFC South. I mean, They're gonna easily the Colts, win the division. The Colts were pretty good last year with uh, what is his name, the running back. I forgot his name. It's on the Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. He was a good rookie running back. He's just only going to go up more. And now they also had the rookie last year, Michael Pittman. Uh, now they have him as a second-year wide receiver. They also have uh, T.Y. Hilton still there, I'm pretty sure. But he's not as productive yeah, he is. as before. And they have Paris Campbell coming back from injury. Paris Campbell's been yeah, great. was great for them. Exactly. Um, they and they still have Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, probably exactly. so, top three, top three yeah. offensive line in the league. So they could be a dark horse uh, AFC. So I'm going to think easily. Colts. I'm going to say the Colts, and I'm going to say... Well, I have to think about this. This is very tough for the NFC. I don't want to say Buccaneers, because the Buccaneers is the most predictable thing in the world. Um, to be honest, if, um, my second option... Rams. Yeah, I was going to say that my second option, other than the Buccaneers, would have been the Rams. The Rams are... They, they, they just... Stafford, bro. They're set. Like, yeah, let's be honest. The only thing holding them... Back, even I think the Colts and the Rams are very similar... Are in very similar positions based off of last year and this year. The only thing holding them back were their quarterbacks on offense. Exactly, Jared Goff. Philip Rivers and Jared Goff. Skill. Jared Goff yeah. wasn't that experienced, and I think Jared Goff 
To be honest, he wasn't one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Let's be real. He's probably like they. You could compare him to Kirk Cousins, like on a like average. Your eyes, I I I get what you mean. Like average. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't that insane. But Matthew Stafford, he did not have a team around him for the past however many years he was in the league. I don't know how long he's been in the league. He was a solo quarterback for the like the entirety. Uh, it's just him and Calvin Johnson for exactly, years. Exactly. Now he actually has a team developed around him. They have good cornerbacks. Uh, they have Jalen Ramsey. They also have, a, I think, a keep to leave, right? Am I wrong? Um, I may be wrong. May, I don't remember. I think, let's see, where did a keep to leave go? I think, I have a feeling he's on the uh, uh, Rams. A keep to leave. Did he retire? Um, what? Well, yeah, he retired. Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, he retired. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, whatever, but no, they didn't have some, a... Some cornerback. Yeah, whatever. They probably have the two most dominant players at their position in the NFL on defense. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And Matthew... That's the main thing that's going to make them go to the playoffs and even more. Make it to the Super Bowl in this case. Rams, Colts, because Rams... They already made it to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. We've seen it again with uh, before with Sean McVay. I mean, then they had Todd Gurley, and but that's a different situation. But still, they it's re- <laughs> they're a really good team. With yeah, Cam Akers is a huge breakout candidate for me on that uh, Rams team with running back. Um, and who are their Cam Akers? They have Cam Akers, and I don't know who else. Jake Funk, Darrell Henderson. Yeah, it doesn't really matter who the other running backs are. I think Cam Akers is gonna break out. Easily, even fantasy wise, he's huge pickup in the second round of redraft leagues. But then again, you don't know how uh, Sean McVay is going to adjust to be a more passing type offense because right now they don't have as many running backs. And when they went to the Super Bowl, they were I don't know if they were balanced, but I'm pretty sure they were heavily uh, relying on the run game. And now they don't have that unless Cam Akers, of course, breaks out. But yeah, if you look at Cam Akers' stats the last few weeks, um, Cam Akers' stats. 2020. Let's pull it up. 2020 season. Uh, last. The last few games. Uh, if we uh, the Green Bay game, 90 yards, one touchdown. Division round against the Seahawks, 131 yards, one touchdown. Okay, my bad. Then <laughs> they actually do have a good shot. Yeah. Yeah, and then even before um, against the. Patriots, 171 yards against the Jets, 63 yards. And then, I don't know why he only got 34 yards against the Cardinals. But let's be honest, he had uh, two 100-yard games in, in four games. Two 100-yard games. I think that's for a rookie running back who just like got a, who got heavier workload starting a week against the Cardinals in, uh, in December. He was basically the start of the entire December in the playoffs. Two 100-yard games in his rookie year is really impressive for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, that's our 40 minutes. Uh, thank you guys for listening to our first episode. Um, Mail, do you have any closing remarks? Um, no, not really. I think this was pretty fun, and hope you guys come back and join us for the next one. All right. Thank you.